Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Well, welcome back, my friends. Appreciate you joining us for today's episode of Everyday Truths. Uh, we are in the book of Revelation. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus for the last uh, few days, and I appreciate your your flexibility. I've had just a couple little health issues, but I uh, think I'm on the mend, and I think we're good. So we're back to Revelation chapter number 19 and verse number 11. We just talked uh, last episode, the last episode uh, in the book of Revelation, we talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And today, I want to talk about the return of Christ. And when I say that, I know that sometimes that that maybe triggers in your mind the rapture, uh, but this is not the rapture about which we'll speak today. Oh, by the way, I, I want to get get this out. I, I have... Uh, have this coffee mug. I can't for the life of me remember who gave it to me. I'll, I'll figure it out. But it says Philippians 1.3. And then it says, well, I hope that helps. So I love that. Philippians 1.3. Well, I hope that helps. And uh, just so you know what Philippians 1.3 says, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So that does help. So thank you. Uh, whoever gave that to me, and I should remember that, but my brain's kind of in a fog here. Uh, Revelation chapter 19 today, look at verse number 11 uh, of our text, uh, where the Bible says these words, and I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So obviously this is a clear reference to Jesus and his return. And as I was saying a little bit earlier, when you think about the return of Jesus, sometimes your mind uh, just goes to the rapture. So when you think about Jesus coming to this earth, uh, you really think about Jesus coming the first time to Bethlehem, to this earth. And then you think about Jesus coming a second time uh, at the end of the tribulation, when he strikes down the armies of Antichrist, uh, where he sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives, the same Jesus uh, shall come again in like manner as you have seen him go. Remember what the angels told the disciples in Acts chapter 1. So that's the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is when he comes to this earth. The rapture, really, although we call it the second coming, it's not the second coming. Uh, why? Because Jesus does not come to this earth. So if you'll study 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, for instance, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll find that Jesus doesn't come to this earth, but rather we go to join him in the clouds. 
the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So the rapture takes place before the tribulation period. And those that return with Christ, uh, the saints that come back with Christ at the second coming are those of us that have been raptured and perhaps even others. So I want to make that clear. So now let's talk about Jesus coming back to this earth and dealing with the armies of Antichrist. Verse number 11 again, where the Bible says, And I saw heaven opened. So this is the second time in the book of Revelation where John is describing, hey, I'm seeing heaven open up. I like what one commentator said. He said in chapter 4, heaven opened up so John could go in. But here in Revelation chapter 19, heaven opens up so Jesus can come out. I love that because now is the time that Antichrist, who has who has reneged on his treaty with Israel three and a half years before this, uh, who has gathered the world uh, powers together. He has taken over, really, the the military strength of the world. And even though there might be some minor uh, problems with kingdoms of the world, uh, they are all now united because they are united in their hatred of God. And Antichrist is leading the way and the false prophet. Look at verse number 11 again. So I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. So a white horse in the Bible was symbolic of victory, uh, of of conquering. A a, a white, uh, it was a donkey that a king would ride in peace, but it was a white horse that that a king would ride into battle. And the white horse signified the, the authority and the victory of the one riding upon it. Remember, uh, Satan is the great counterfeiter, and Antichrist rode that white horse back in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 2. Remember the four horsemen? The first one was white, uh, coming in peace, coming, uh, but he's just the counterfeit. Jesus is uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, as we shall see in this very passage. And he is coming now on that white horse in victory uh, to this earth to defeat the armies of Antichrist. Verse number 11 again. And so I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. So there are many titles that we know Jesus by. Messiah, Lord, uh, later in this passage, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, uh, even a name that we don't know yet, which is very interesting. But the, the title here of the white horse rider, Jesus, coming back now to this earth to win this battle is faithful and true. And how important is it for us to understand that our Savior is faithful and true? Faithful to what? Faithful to his word. Faithful to his promises. Faithful to the program here that he's given to John, that these things must be, the things that must be hereafter. If God has given his word on something, we can trust him. God is not a man that he should lie. And so we can, we can put utter 
confidence and complete faith in God. Why? Because he is faithful. Uh, And then the Bible says he is faithful and true. So that speaks to his integrity, that, that his word is impeccable. His character is impeccable. And therefore, his keeping of his word and acting in accordance with his character is also impeccable. So both sides tell the story. He is faithful and he is true. Then the Bible says, and in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. So these will be dark days for planet Earth. Uh, This will be a day on which millions of people will die. A day when sin will be judged in a profound way. The Antichrist and the false prophet will actually be taken alive uh, from the, the scene of the battle. They will be cast into the lake of fire, as we shall see. And yet the Bible says, in righteousness does Jesus make war here. In righteousness. So we, we I think, sometimes emphasize the love of God to the exclusion of his holiness and his justice. And we have to understand that those that spurn the grace of God, those that reject the offered mercy of God, those that despise the love that God has sent to this world in the person of Jesus Christ will be judged. Now, God is long-suffering, not willing, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And so judgment is assured. That's part of God's faithfulness, that he said that sin will be cared for. Judgment will be rendered. Uh, Psalm 2, many other passages in the Bible make this very, very clear. In fact, if you want to read a great parallel passage to the passage we're discussing today, look at Zechariah chapter 14, and you'll see a description of of the armies of heaven and Christ coming back and actually putting his foot on the Mount of Olives. I think he's going to stand in the exact same spot that he ascended from. And when he puts his foot upon the Mount of Olives, they're overlooking the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says the Mount of Olives will split at the north and south, and there'll be an east-west fissure or valley that will be created And uh, it'll be a wonderful day as King Jesus, having defeated the armies of Antichrist, will march in through that eastern gate to Jerusalem. I was just there a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't help but think about uh, Zechariah. Think think about this prophecy in Revelation chapter 19. We even talked about it. What a day that will be. So the Bible says, in righteousness, he doth make war. In righteousness. Everything that God does is right, and everything that God does is in accordance with his righteous character. And while it might seem gory, and while it might seem uh, uh, violent to us, uh, this is what sin brings. Sin is ugly, and sin, sin always brings an ugly end. The wage of sin is death, the Bible says, and death is never pretty. Look at verse number 12 a description of the rider of the horse, a description of Jesus, where the Bible says his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. So his eyes as a flame of fire, a righteous, 
judgment. We, we talked about the description of Jesus back in Revelation chapter 1. The Bible says, on his head were many crowns. And these are not the, 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 the Stephanos crowns, the crowns that saints wear, the crown of reward to say we've been faithful to the Lord. But these are diadems, crowns of gold, rightful crowns uh, for the rightful king. Then the Bible says, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. You know, there, there are parts about the Lord that we don't know. A name indicates one's character. A name tells us something more about a person's identity. And the Bible says there is a name by which Jesus is known that we don't even know yet, that we're going to learn one day. Wow, what a, what a thought that is, that there is an ever-increasing knowledge about, ever-increasing discovery of who our Lord is. Look at verse number 13 in closing. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. So before the battle ever takes place, and we'll talk about the battle next episode, but before the battle ever takes place, he arrives on the scene already with a vesture dipped in blood. Now, what blood is it? Well, the Bible is not clear. Is it simply a symbol of the fact that he's going to battle and people are going to die? Uh, does this signify the very blood of Jesus that he shed on Calvary for our sins? Uh, I like to think that. I like to think that the vesture dipped in blood is the indication that the battle has already been fought. Uh, the battle has already already been won. Sin has already been defeated. And, and, and how has sin been defeated? How has the battle already been won? By the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him, remember, uh, by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the lamb. It's the efficacious, substitutionary death of Jesus Christ to which we owe uh, all of our, uh, all to, to, on which we place all of our hope. Why? Because the battle is not ours to win. It never was ours. Matter of fact, in this very battle that we're going to see, we don't even fight. It, God does the work uh, through his son, Jesus. And we see a great symbol of that, his vesture dipped in blood. And then the Bible says his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God. The, the, the Word of God. The, 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 John spoke about this. this. This must have been so special for John because John, having written the, the Gospel of John, led that book by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I think John is looking now at his Savior, looking now at Jesus, and he is the word. He is the one that came to communicate God to man. That's what word, that's what word means. It's the logos, the communication of God to man. And here Jesus is returning. He came the first time as the word. He created the world as the word. He came at Bethlehem as the word, but now he comes as the word to strike down sin and antichrist and the enemies of God and to set up his righteous kingdom. The word of God, the communication of God to man is Jesus. It's the way we understand the Bible. It's the way we understand who God is. It's the way that you and I were saved by the word of God. 
And so what a great title uh, for us to close with today. Well, tomorrow uh, we're going to jump into the actual battle itself. So I want you to stay with us. I appreciate you being faithful to the podcast, uh, even during these days of hiatus. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.